The fifth word that Jesus spoke was from John 19, verse 28. This is also the basis of our brief meditation this evening. After this, knowing that everything had now been finished and to fulfill the scripture, Jesus said, I thirst. So what is it that really quenches your thirst? If we're honest with ourselves, we'd have to say that water is the best thing for us to drink if we want something that really is going to quench our thirst. That's why health experts tell us that the average adult needs six to eight glasses of water a day just to remain hydrated. But water is not always our number one choice in something that we want to drink. For example, if we're out in the winter winds, it's, it's frigid outside, we come in and we want to warm up, well, we might think that a nice steaming cup of hot chocolate is just the ticket. Or go on the other end of the spectrum. It's summertime, you're outside working like crazy, you come in and you're hot and, and you want something to drink and maybe a nice frosty lemonade or iced tea is what's going to, to fit the bill. And of course, there are some of us who really can't start our day off without that, that cup or two or three or four of coffee. But it's not always the best thing for us to drink the things that we want to drink. Thirst is only part of what Jesus suffered when he hung there on the cross. I thirst, he said shortly before he died. Now, when we're thinking about the horrendous nature of all of the physical sufferings that Jesus was enduring, that he had already been beaten and scourged and, and whipped and had a crown of thorns on his head. He's got nails through his hands and his feet. He's hanging on the cross, struggling to breathe. Why would thirst be such a big deal? After all, what's thirsty being compared even to all of the spiritual sufferings that he was enduring. As he's there on the cross bearing the sins of the entire world. As he's set on the cross suffering abandonment from God. Well, before we're ready to dismiss this, this fifth word, let's think about how Jesus thirsts for you. He thirsts for you because he wants you to be with him. Now, that idea, that concept of Jesus wanting us to be with him or being with Jesus, maybe that's something that's not that acute for us, not that fresh. There are many of us who probably can't think of a time when we haven't been with Jesus, when we haven't been in that faith relationship with him. Maybe we were baptized as babies and, and we've never known anything but being with Jesus. But think about who we are, what we are by nature. The way that we're conceived and born. We are not with Jesus. We are his spiritual enemies because we have only sin within us. Paul says that, that we are dead in our trespasses and sins. And so we are definitely not with Jesus. So how is it that Jesus wants us to be with him in heaven. If that's the way we are by nature, is it that we're just so righteous and holy that he can't help it, that he has to have us with him? Hardly. 
regardless of how long ago Jesus brought us into a relationship with himself, we know what we are by nature. We know that sin that lurks deep within us. We talked about that last night. That old Adam, the sinful nature that's in us that is constantly fighting against our new man, our new nature, constantly trying to get us to to go the way that, that we think is right, to go into all kinds of different sins. And what does that get us? It doesn't get us life. It only brings death to us. It only brings pain and suffering to us. And yet that's the way that we want to go according to our sinful nature. Inside, by nature, we are empty. And not only does nature abhor a vacuum, our sinful nature abhors a vacuum. And so we try to fill that void with with everything imaginable. We pursue all kinds of desires. Maybe it's materialism. Maybe it's pleasure, entertainment. Whatever it is that, that you try to do to fill up that emptiness inside. But none of these things that we chase after quench our spiritual thirst. And that's why Jesus thirsts for you, to quench your spiritual thirst. God said in Isaiah 55, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Jesus doesn't want you to be away from him. He doesn't want you to be spending eternity in hell, in fact, because your spiritual thirst can't be quenched by your sin. He wants you to be with him now and forever. He wants you to be with him so much that he went to the cross. He went to the cross to take your sins away, to quench your spiritual thirst. And there's nothing that you can do. There's no work that you can do. There's no money that you can pay to attain this life with Jesus because he gives it to you freely. Jesus also thirsts for you in your place. How many times have we heard that concept that Jesus is our substitute? Jesus lived for us. Jesus died for us. Maybe we have heard that so much that we start to think of it as almost a trite expression that that Jesus is our substitute. Part of the problem, I think, is that sometimes we concentrate so much on on Jesus being God that we minimize the fact that he was also man. Don't get me wrong, we need to concentrate on the fact that Jesus is God, that, that he is part of the triune God. He's existed in eternity. He has no beginning. But he is also man. So do we sometimes manage to minimize his humanity because we're concentrating so much on the fact that he is God? As we think about his sufferings on the cross and we think about what he was saying from the cross, do we sometimes think that, well, sure, Jesus is going to say these things because he's God. Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. Well, sure, he's going to say that because that's what God does. God forgives. Today you will be with me in paradise. 
that's something that God would say, right? Because he wants to be kind and nice to these other criminals on the cross. That's the godly thing to say. But if we're tempted not to hear Jesus as God and man speaking from the cross, well then, his humanity comes crashing through to us as we hear him say, I thirst. Thirst was one of the effects that happened to those who were being crucified. And we don't want to minimize Jesus' thirst. We might be tempted to in a way because we might look at the context of how this is presented to us and wonder. It says, Jesus, knowing that all was now finished, said, to fulfill the scripture, I thirst. So maybe in our minds we're thinking, well, this is just Jesus checking off one more thing on his list of things that, that have to be done before he dies, knowing that David had prophesied this in Psalm 69, that Jesus would say this. And if we think that way, we're back to, back to minimizing Jesus' humanity. But this simple word from the cross makes it abundantly clear that Jesus is man. He had to become a man. He had to become one of us. Not just so that he wouldn't blow us away with his awesome glory, but also because he had to take our place. You see, God has one requirement to get into heaven. He says you have to be perfect. And since none of us can do that, none of us can live up to that standard, he had to have a plan in place for that to happen. And so he sent his son. He sent his son to be perfect for us, to live up to every one of God's standards. He sent his son to die a thirsty death for us, to pay the penalty that we owed to God because of our sin. And the only way that, that Jesus' work would count for us as if he were indeed fully human. Fully human. Did you know that our fully human bodies are 70% water? That 85% of the neurons in your body are water? 83% of your blood is water? That's why professionals, health professionals tell us to drink water because we need to replenish the water in our bodies, stay hydrated. You may be able to survive for quite some time without food, but you can't really survive very long at all without water. Jesus knows that you are thirsty. He's the one who provides us physical water every day. We're blessed in this country. We can turn on the tap and have gallons of water rushing out at us. But Jesus, more importantly, fulfills your spiritual thirst. In the waters of your baptism, He washed away your sin and He breathed life into you. And when He gave you new life, He also gave you living water. He said in John 4, Whoever drinks of the water I will give him will never be thirsty forever. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Rejoice in Jesus' thirst on the cross. Because he was thirsty, you never have to be. Amen.